0: Welcome to season two of Scandal Water. I'm Josh Martin and I've got new music that you can stream just about anywhere on the internet. One of the coolest things about being a songwriter is hearing people sing along to the songs that you've written. So, ladies, what do you say?
1: Oh, it's the time of day. Tune in and hear what the ladies say. It's time to bend your ear when the silver screen appears. Stories about the stage and screen and everything in between. So come on and join the fun. The curtain opens in three, two, one. Woo!
0: Hey, Candy. Hey, Ashley. I feel like all the stars have aligned. Yeah. I feel like we've accomplished something, that we did finish a season one of 50-some-odd episodes, and we are now starting season two. Yes. And it's October. I know. And it's Halloween season. Spooky season. These are all the favorite things. It's autumn, it's fall, the leaves, the spooky things. I just, I like the season. I
1: like all the things. Our family does decorate. Oh, cool. Do you all decorate? Mm -hmm. No. I have cats. Are you kidding me? The (laughs) cobwebs are mine. I don't put up fake cobwebs. Well, Kirk's birthday is right before Halloween, oh, so he happy has birthday, always
0: loved it. Like, he has a special, you know, affinity uh-huh. for this holiday. It's his holiday. Yes. And so it, it's rubbed off on the whole rest of the family. We always enjoy Halloween.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: And here we are, because it's Halloween season, yes. our focus for this month is going to be aligned with that. We're going to be talking about all kinds of little eerie things oh. through Halloween season. So, Ashley. Yes, ma'am. In the spirit of the season. Yes. I have a fun question to kind of get us started.
1: Oh, no. Okay. Back to the questions. Yes.
0: The scary places. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we both have lots of scary mm-hmm. sites that we've visited, scary mm-hmm. places we've
1: been. I avoid them. <laughs> okay. I do. So it's not your thing. What can they you think spook of a time? It's out. And it's weird because I like all that supernatural, paranormal stuff, but it's, it, it, wow. Yeah. No. Well, then
0: what's a, What's a time when you got scared when you didn't want to be? Like, what's a place you visited that really got to you?
1: Oh, okay. I don't even remember if I talked about this before or not, but I've told this story to some friends of mine. We, and it's a little interesting. We went to a civil war, a civil war artifact museum in Mm -hmm. Charleston. And I walked up to one of the desks that was used by one of the officers. And I just reached out and touched it. And I got this wave of empathy and sadness really, tears came to my eyes. Yes. And I thought, what kind of weirdo are you? So (laughs) I thought, what is happening to me? So I took my hand away and it kind of died off. And I thought that was just, that was just odd. So I keep looking around and I thought, I'm going to test it again. I went back to the desk. I touched it again. The same wave happened to me (gasps) where I felt almost like I was at that time where I felt like all of the emotion that maybe was from that desk where people were, I felt the feeling of like death and sadness. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, it was like an
0: otherworldly type experience. It was. It oh, was interesting. That mm-hmm. is interesting. Was there some story behind it? Did you find out that that desk had some kind of a backstory that you know? Would I don't know. That?
1: I don't know. I know it was a desk that had cubby holes, so I think there was a lot of letters that were going mm-hmm. in and out. So there and there was I could find out next time I'm there what what it was. But it was very interesting. Well, that is interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, i I had a little story I was going to tell too, but it's not quite as creepy as yours. Yeah. All right. It's it's scary in a different way. Okay. All right. Back in high school, I hung out with this little group of friends. Shout out to Holland, Karen, Becky, and Di if you're listening. Mm-hmm. But our friend Travis yeah. invited us one time to come over to his house. We we grew up in a rural area. Lots of people had land, and so his family had land. And somewhere on his land, there was a broken down house oh, no. that had been deserted, nope. abandoned. And he told us it was again Halloween season. Mm-mm. He said, "Come over one night <laughs> after dark. <laughs> we'll take our flashlights. No Travis. We'll go through this house, and it'll be really fun and really no. creepy. And and we'll dare ourselves to go through the whole thing. No candy. Oh no, Travis is not my friend. We were pumped. No, now." We show up. It is we wait until it is good and dark. Oh gosh! We go out and we're having to traipse through the woods with nothing but each one of us. I think had a flashlight. Oh my gosh! We're we are scared before we ever get oh, to that. Well, house. yeah, I'm I scared mean,
1: for you, and it's like years later. You're the Scooby-Doo <laughs> gang going out there catching somebody. <laughs> and Travis, he's like feeding
0: it right. Oh, of he course. is telling us. Uh, Again, whatever awful things happen in the house, I can't recall (laughs) if it was death or murder or who knows. But he's telling us the stories. He's also talking to us about, you know, my mom doesn't want us to be doing this. Yeah, She's afraid we're going to get hurt because, oh, by the way, this is really a broken down home. Be careful because you might break a foot (gasps) because there are going to be like gaping holes in the wood and things might collapse. And so I don't know what we were thinking. No. But we finally, we walked quite a ways in the dark through the woods.
1: No, I, And then I, we come up upon this,
0: this house. It was terrifying. It was this old, it was small, it was wooden and very deserted. Was it two stories? they are always
1: two stories. No, I don't okay. think it was.
0: I think it was one of those kind of small country homes, okay. but it probably had like a deep cellar. Oh, <laughs> So we are, now we're like, we're holding hands. Uh-huh. We are, but we're going to do this because mm-hmm. it's also exciting, right? Mm-hmm. So we start To go up the steps on the porch and already he's right you have to be careful because there are things that are creaking and there are holes and and you have to watch your footing (sighs) we barely get inside the front door into i guess what would be the living area and suddenly... No. There is the sound. No,
1: my eyes are watering of... candy fire. A chainsaw
0: starting. And this figure with a hood over his head Stop comes it. darting at us with a chainsaw. No. Sorry, I'm getting loud. You are
1: getting loud. And, and my so eyes are crying. We...
0: We... <laughs> Take off running! It's Was a it wonder a friend of his. Was he freaking you out? Oh, Hang gosh. on! I think somebody dropped a flashlight. <laughs> we are screaming. It's a it's a wonder nobody had a broken leg or plunged to the cellar. You know, we get outside and we're we hear the laughter. Yes, oh. Travis and our other friend Mark yeah. had decided they were going to prank us. No. So no, Mark, look in my eyes.
1: Look at my eyes.
0: <laughs> Mark had been sitting in that house all day. No, I mean, but he'd been sitting there for a while because we had set the time we were going to arrive and then we had chit-chatted. Now, the funny part is they got us good, but finally later we're like watching Halloween movies in Travis's house and eating pizza or something. Mark admits that he was sitting in that house and got so scared <laughs> waiting for us to come uh, uh. that their original plan was they were going to get us inside the house and then chase no, us through like, the no, house. he's like, no, we're going to get this nope. done. As soon as he heard <laughs> us, he was like, out the door. <laughs> out. Well, here's here's the chainsaw. We're done. We're all
1: running. <laughs> yep. We're all running. So, Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. That's the day I would have broken up with those people as <laughs> <That's> friends. <laughs> I can't handle that stuff, man. Uh, all right. Well, anyway,
0: so that was that was one of my stories of visiting a scary site, Mm-mm. but our episode is going to focus on another very scary Mm-mm. site. Okay. Ashley, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so pumped about this. We're going to be talking about Waverly Hills Sanatorium, oh which is gosh. located in Louisville, Kentucky. Never
1: been there. Never you going. Have not. No. I have. No. Oh, my gosh. And we are two very different people who were born in the same month.
0: <laughs> I, I actually really love this place. Do you? I do. Oh, it's got gosh. so much history. Is it going to scare me? Maybe a little. Okay. But a lot of it is historical. Okay. Okay. So what I love about this is it is – I don't even know how to say it. It's awe-inspiring when you see okay. it. It is massive. It is gothic looking. Yeah. But it also is – very scary it's i mean it doesn't look like the hotel in the shining Mm. but in the same way that you're kind of taken aback by how it appears and its size and just the different aspects of it because the architecture is amazing
1: okay so you have been you've been to biltmore and you've Mm -hmm. had that moment of looking at the biltmore house and at the massiveness was it the same kind of feeling comparably
0: well it's different because the biltmore I think takes you aback with its grandeur Grandeur, and it's, you know, it's so beautiful. Uh This is sprawling and it's wide and it has gargoyles. Like it's just a totally different feel. And of course, every time I've pulled up on it, it's been nighttime. It's been dark. Like everything about it is that atmosphere. So it was fun for me. Having been there several times, I've taken different tours. I'll, at one time, I went to the haunted house there. And honestly, I think the tours are much scarier. Really? Than the ha- well, and that was just one time. I don't know okay. what the haunted house is one year to the next. But this okay. particular experience, it was kind of like the jump scares, like a typical oh, haunted house I don't like versus that. the sanatorium itself with its history yeah. and how scared you get just walking through it. Yeah. I, I just prefer the tours, I guess. But I'm sure the ha- the haunted houses is, is- Are fine. Lovely, yes.
1: For people who like that. But
0: what took me by surprise was, I think when you have something that's kind of in your own backyard mm-hmm. that you've been to, you don't always realize how well-known oh. or legendary something is outside really? of your own area. Okay. Because when I started researching this, it really did surprise me. There was an article- WLKY was the one who put it out that said, quote, it's known as one of the most haunted places in the United States. Really? A Courier-Journal article said, quote, Louisville's Waverly Hills Sanatorium has been called the most terrifying building in America what? with an infamous history that draws paranormal thrill seekers from all over the world. Oh. And it's true. As I was researching, I saw so many references to Waverly Hills and all these different shows that have chosen chosen Mm. Waverly Hills as their location to Mm. visit. Travel Channel has a show called Kindred Spirits. They have visited twice.
1: Did they find anything? Are
0: they one of those ghost hunting places? They are one of those. I have not seen them. Okay, But yes, they did find things. They They were investigating. Then- The Travel Channel has a different show called Ghost Adventures. They also visited Waverly Hills, and they were supposed to have put up some footage of things that they saw. A&E has a show called Ghost Hunters that has visited Waverly Hills twice as well. Mm -hmm. One time was in 2007, and I happened to see the second show, which came out in 2020, and the teammates, all of them, Every single one of them made comments about how this was the dream for anybody interested in the paranormal. They were so excited to be able to come to Waverly Hill. They were like, this is on your bucket list if you are interested in the paranormal. And the main guy, I'm not a regular watcher of this show, but it looked to me as though a fellow named Grant was the team leader. He had been in 2007 and some of his comments were, I knew I needed to bring a new team back to this place because this is just- Off the charts. It had more activity- more paranormal activities than most any other place he'd been to, if not being the single, you know, most prominent place for paranormal activity for him. Okay. So it was a big deal. It has this, this reputation. I did not know that. And what's fun is Waverly Hills itself, you know, beyond allowing these people come from outside shows and and places Mm -hmm. to visit, they let local people. Regular folk. Yes. They have tours. It's even phrased on their website, public tour and investigation season.
1: So like amateur investigators could go is what you're saying. Like if you and I showed up with this little recorder, we could walk through.
0: Yes. But I, and don't hold me to this one, but I think they also schedule some things where they'll offer some devices so that it could actually like. Rent a little recorder. Well, they they would lead you through oh. and and offer you some equipment. Okay. I believe they have some overnights.
1: No, 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 yeah. ma'am. I mean, no, no.
0: Yeah, no. so it's it's a big deal. So why is Waverly Hills? so haunted
1: it was the tuberculosis place right
0: absolutely do you want to tell us i what have no nope, that's it? it
1: that's all <laughs> that's all i know is that people with tuberculosis went there and they i believe that they were dying at such a rate they had to in, install chutes right
0: we are going to talk about okay the body that's chute.
1: that's about that's about it because i just thought nope i don't want to know it makes my eyes water <laughs> no no <laughs> so
0: do you know anybody else other than me who's been
1: I think our friend Brie worked there. Oh, really? I think. Okay. We'll have to check with her, but okay. Brie let us know if you did or didn't.
0: And maybe she, she might have some stories. She could, yeah. Mm, okay. So you're absolutely right. The reason why it's supposed to be so haunted is due to the number of people who have died there. It was interesting because- this happens all the time where you find conflicting numbers, conflicting information. Mm-hmm. But this was one of those pieces where I would read one article and I would see estimates of 50,000 people who died. Another wow. said 60,000. Oh, my
1: goodness. There, Were people coming here from all over the uh, the world then or the, at well, least the United States?
0: I don't know how far away they came. It was – Mainly to treat our local area, but I'm sure if you were maybe in Tennessee or places like that, you probably did come. That's terrible. But here's the thing Mm -hmm. in this KET documentary that came out in 2011, they interviewed several people and they acknowledged that there is a lot of debate about how many people actually died there. And so the owner at that time, I believe he's still the owner, but the place has now been. Kind of taken over. It's run by the Waverly Historical Society. Okay. But the owner at that time, Charles Mattingly, shared that because there's been so much conflicting information, he put out a call asking people who knew for a fact they'd had a loved one that had died there, that had died there to please. Contact them, submit some evidence, submit some information so that they could really try to have some hard data. Okay. And this was back in 2011. Remember, this KET show was out. As of that time, he said he was up to around 11,000 that they could document. Wow.
1: That's so, still a lot of people. Right.
0: And that was 11 years ago. Yeah. So, no telling how many people actually died, mm. but at least 11,000 that they can prove. So let's talk about the history. Now, a lot of this, by the way, came from the website. So if you're interested in reading about it, you can go straight to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium website, and a lot of it's there. But I did supplement with information from several other sources. So Waverly Hills sits on land that was originally purchased by Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883. He needed a school for his daughters to attend because he wanted them to be educated. So he started a one-room schoolhouse that was located on Pages Lane, and he hired a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris to teach at the school. Now, she loved that little tiny school, and she also loved the Waverly novels that had been written by Sir Walter Scott. So she called that little schoolhouse Waverly 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 School, and Major Hayes liked the name, so he chose to... To call his property Waverly Hill. Ah, oh, is it Hill or Hills? Well, it's Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the early 1900s, Tuberculosis had become an epidemic Which is also
1: called consumption Yes,
0: exactly It was a huge problem in the U.S. And Kentucky was hit really hard with it What it noted in some of the research Was that our warm, wet weather Was the perfect breeding ground for tuberculosis Which is an airborne bacterial disease Mm. That would eat away at a patient's lung Mm. tissue And at around this time It had caused roughly 25% of all deaths in the U.S. By the end of the 1800s hundreds they needed a place to treat all these people in kentucky who were being hit with it and specifically they chose louisville because louisville was where they had one of the largest outbreaks
1: oh okay Mm -hmm. i always heard that to treat consumption or the tuberculosis you needed to go somewhere where the air was clear like like -hmm. over in asheville or mountain air or Mm -hmm. something dry and
0: you're on it and that's even
1: cold dry and cold
0: They yes, they believe that fresh air was critical, that Mm -hmm. was one of their things. To be honest, they didn't know how to treat it, yeah. So, what they decided was that you were supposed to use lots of fresh air, try to have a lot of rest. In particular, they got concerned about trying to let your lungs rest, Mm -hmm. and you needed good nutrition. Like that's, Mm. that's all they were really doing. And Mm -hmm. so this made this location really appealing because he owned a lot of land and it was up on a hill. It had great breezes. It had a great view. It was very much a place that was kind of set off back in the woods. And so they thought it would have great access. So it went from a
1: one room school. And then when everybody got sick, they went to this guy and said, we want your land.
0: Yeah. They bought his land. Okay. Yep. So they bought the land they decided to keep the Waverly name when it was actually the Board of Tuberculosis Hospital is what it would have been called. But mm-hmm. they decided they would call it, you know, Waverly Hill Sanatorium instead. So as we said, this was a great location for it because we had the high hills surrounded by peaceful woods. And that was another thing. They thought that if you needed the rest, then having this serene atmosphere, tranquil. very something very tranquil, that would also kind of get you in the right headspace. Mm. Okay? They
1: needed ASMR. <laughs>
0: That may, might have helped them. I love
1: the callbacks. Yeah.
0: So construction started in 1908 and the TB, one source called it a clinic, opened for business on July 26th of 1910. Originally, this Waverly Hills Sanatorium was a two-story frame building that had a hipped roof and they said half timbering. I'm not sure what that means, but some of our... Construction people out there probably do. They may. Yeah. The building was designed to accommodate somewhere around 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients. But this outbreak, it was an epidemic, which, you know, we can relate to that. I mean, you know, we think about the pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. This was an epidemic. And so especially the areas of Valley Station, Pleasure Ridge Park, and other parts of Jefferson County were being overrun with it. Yeah. 40 or 50
1: rooms is not going to hold it.
0: Yeah. So soon they had 140 people needing treatment and they're trying to put them in this building oh, built that's for just gonna 40 spread to 50. It. Mm-hmm. so they knew they needed a much larger hospital so construction on the new building began in march of 1924 and the new waverly hill sanatorium opened for business on october 20th of 1926. this is the building that we still see today it is massive
1: did they knock? Did they so they just knocked down the old stuff and they're building new I
0: honestly, I don't know if they knocked it down. I didn't find that. I didn't actually look for that specific thing. I know that in the KET, I believe it was the KET little documentary, Mm -hmm. they mentioned that they had other buildings. For example, they had the nurses all staying in this one building behind Waverly Hills. And like 60 to 65 nurses might've been in there because we're going to get to this in a minute. But if you came in as a nurse or a doctor, you weren't leaving. So Uh, I don't know if they- You weren't leaving
1: because like Hotel California?
0: Quarantine. Uh, okay. Yeah, so- so it may have been that they kept the old building and they used it for a different purpose or they might have torn it down. I don't really know that, but that's a great question. Okay. But this new building, again, conflicting information, two or three different sources said it had 180,000 square feet. One source said it was more like 110. I'm not sure, but it was huge. Okay, Five stories, as we've already said, Gothic style, gargoyles, just architecturally stunning building and it could accommodate somewhere anywhere between 400 to 500 patients and it was supposed to be one of the most modern and most state of the art facilities mm-hmm. of that time for treating tuberculosis in fact it was one of the first tuberculosis sanatoriums that they that they had around the country
1: so did they have did they have data on how long you would be a patient there? Was there an expectation that when you arrive, it's two weeks and you're going to be out of here? Or was it you're arriving to be comfortable for your, your eventual passing?
0: So that's a really great question. We will come back to that and talk more about it when we get to that body shoot idea. Okay, But just to touch on it very briefly, if you were diagnosed with TB, it was... Probably not going to be some type of a short stay. Mm-hmm. This was a long-term type illness, mm-hmm. which many people did survive. Oh, yes, that was something that they brought out. It was Tina Mattingly, one of the again one of those owners. They're a husband and wife, Charles okay. and Tina. Okay. Tina mentioned that she said many people recovered and went home. I think we forget that. Yes, we're talking about because all the we deaths. have the
1: movies where they have the handkerchief and they cough into it and it's blood and like well they're out of here. Mm-hmm. But if you think
0: about it, if this is a hospital that could service four hundred to 500 patients, Mm -hmm. and this place was treating TB patients for something like 40 years. Yeah. Think about how many people were going through this building. True. A lot of them did live, but many, many, many did not. And I think if you came into it, you were probably going to be there a while. Okay. Yeah. Maybe several months. Okay. Yeah. So I already alluded to this, but because tuberculosis was so contagious, and again, this is an epidemic situation, the people living in it, and working there could not be allowed to just come and go. You couldn't come in and then just because then go- they're going to spread it. Right, exactly. So basically, they were in extreme quarantine situations. Everyone at Waverly the patients, the nurses, the doctors, the other employees who stayed there had to just say goodbye to their old life, you know, for the, the time that they were there. Wow. And this place operated like its own city. Wow. It had its own zip code. It had its own post office, water treatment facility. It grew its own fruits and vegetables. It raised its own meat for slaughter. And it, it maintained lots of other of the everyday activities that you would have to do. I'm sure just the cafeteria, the food, all of those things. It was its own little city. Ah. Now, the website did point out one very ironic thing. Sometimes the patients would have visitors. What? Yeah. Yeah. They would let them have visitors. There were visiting days now and then when people could come visit them and then they would leave. Taking the TB with them. Right. Most likely. I guess most maybe likely. maybe we patient know, count was
1: down and they're like, you know, we could really use some beds to fill. <laughs>
0: but isn't that, that interesting? That is really weird. Yeah. So again, in that KET video, Charles Mattingly, he mentioned that information about the nurses having their building. He also shared that typical staffing might have been one head doctor with six or seven doctors working under him and they even had to have a section for the children. Aww. So you can see it even to this day, I believe, they would take the kids up to play on the rooftop. They had a little play area and there's still this like broken down, rusted out oh, swing gosh. that sits there. Yeah, That's heartbreaking.
1: Really sad.
0: But this brings us to the body shoot. Okay. Because it was actually created, constructed for supplies. Oh, because First of all, Waverly Hill, way up on a hill. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to come in contact with the people who were bringing you your supplies. That makes sense. So they designed this tunnel that is somewhere between 500 and 600 feet in length. It's concrete. I have seen it. If I recall correctly, you have steps that you could go down, but there's also kind of the ramped surface because later we're going to talk about how you might have to wheel bodies down Mm. that. But this was the way they could bring these supplies up from kind of the Dixie Highway area to the top of the hill. So wait a minute.
1: Was it big enough for you to walk in? Mm -hmm. See, I picture just a shoot where just like a, like a, like a, um, something you do at a swim park. Where it's just like... Oh no, it's it's wide. And then you could walk with... So the delivery people were walking up the hill?
0: I'm going to... I don't know exactly how okay. it worked, but I'm going to guess at some point they set the stuff down and they left and, and then, then the, the people Waverly from people. the top came down to get it. I see. So I don't know how far one went up and the other came down, okay. but they that's how they were trading off supplies and goods gotcha. and different things. Yes. Yes probably how their post office worked as well I'm going to mm, guess. See,
1: I've already learned something. Yeah. I all this time I thought it was just like a little shoot.
0: Oh. So it started out as a way to to basically transport goods and then it turned into a way to transport bodies mm-hmm. because they talked about so many patients were dying every day that it became very demoralizing. Yeah. They did not want to see they didn't want the people who were there trying to recover yeah to see all these bodies being But aren't they going to notice their people are missing? Well, if you think about it, there are four to 500 people. Oh, I guess this. so.
1: And if it's mm-hmm. not from your section.
0: Right. So this tunnel was a discreet way to get these deceased people out of the building. That's why it became known as the body shoot or sometimes the death tunnel. And what it said in one of the sources was the doctors believed that not seeing those bodies would create a false image that the treatments were working. Mm. Like if they didn't realize people were passing away, mm-hmm. then they would actually psychosomatic mm-hmm, kind of that they would think everything was working. Mm-hmm. This would increase their morale mm-hmm. and then increase their chance of recovering.
1: Mm, makes sense. Yeah.
0: And by the way, side note: during World War II, that tunnel was used as an air raid shelter for the patients and the staff when you know they needed to take shelter there. Interesting. Also, one other little side note: in March of this past year, that body shoot was used by people who were taking a tour when there was. A tornado warning.
1: Oh, they whoa. had to go into oh, no, the body chute no, 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 no. and hang out
0: there until the tornado warning was over.
1: Oh, my. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, no, no. <laughs> I do not wish to.
0: Okay. Here comes the part you're not going to like.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
0: Because so far you've loved it, right? <laughs>
1: okay. This is a great episode.
0: <laughs> so again, they didn't have a vaccine. The vaccine is not going to come out until, well, let me put it this way. They're not going to put an antibiotic into wide use okay. until the early 1960s. Yeah, I didn't even know there was And that's about vaccine. the time that this is going to shut down as a sanatorium mm-hmm. because they started being able to actually treat cure. It, actually and tr- treat yeah, it? <laughs> actually treat and cure this thing. But at this time, you know, 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, when they're really limited on their methods of trying to deal with this they were trying different things Mm. oh you're gonna say they bled people no not bleeding them oh no so here are some of the things they would do according to WLKY that put out an article about this they thought that this fresh air was so important that they would put patients outside for something like 13 hours a day all year round Uh. in fact I have a photo this one's not from Waverly Hills it's from a different sanatorium but there is a picture of these patients in these iron beds laying down with snow. Yeah. We have bad winters here. Yeah. So other things that they did... They thought that because your lungs needed rest, in some cases, they might partially remove or collapse mm. a lung mm. to let it rest. No. I saw mention in one article of like removing a rib or oh ribs gosh. to try to make more space. Like they, they just didn't understand the disease and they were trying mm. these things to help patients that clearly were, we're just not working. awful, no, yeah, awful things. So this was a place where there was a lot of death and there was a lot of suffering.
1: Something. Part of me wonders: Are they dying from TB, or are they dying from the treatment for TB? I'm sure some died from the treatment. Well, but, yeah, they're taking out ribs yeah, and yeah. collapsing lungs, and putting you up in
0: the frigid wa- weather, and like, oh. But in some cases, this is just me making an inference. But they probably many of them were dying from the disease, but the treatments that they were getting may have just accelerated or oh, yeah. fed into it yeah. rather than actually helped it. Mm-hmm. And these were people coming at it with the best of intentions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody was being malicious. Just this was not a place where anybody was trying to do anything wrong. In fact, it kind of breaks my heart. I mean, think about these nurses and doctors. They gave up their their families and their Mm -hmm. lives to to try to treat into this. this this huge home to help these people for this Mm -hmm. time period that they were there i mean they were coming with the best of intentions it just wasn't working so as we've already said it served as a tb hospital until 1961 that's when the discovery of the antibiotic that was able to successfully treat and cure it Mm -hmm. made this facility obsolete they didn't need it anymore so it was closed down Quarantined and then renovated. In nineteen sixty two, it reopened as a nursing home and eventually became known as the Woodhaven Medical Services. And it was basically a, a geriatric facility, is how they referenced mm. it. But it was closed by the state in nineteen eighty-one. Now in nineteen eighty three, Waverly Hills was added to the National Register of Historic Places in Jefferson County okay. for both its historic and architectural significance. But the sad thing is, is that must not have protected it because it was during this time frame after it stopped being a nursing home and before it was purchased um, by the owners that uh. we've referenced, Charles and Tina Mattingly, it was during that time that it fell into terrible disrepair. Mm. It was vandalized. Aww. It was graffitied. It was d- damaged. In fact, it was nearly condemned. Mm. Um, local teenagers would go hang out there. It mentioned in one article that people who you know just wanted to search out the paranormal mm-hmm. or just like spooky things would go in to it. So it was It was really bad. I went into it, actually, the first time I saw it was when it was pretty close to its original, original state before the renovations had started, and it was awful. When did you go? It's been several times. Okay. Yeah, but the first time, gosh, I, I can't even tell you, but it's okay. been more than 10 years ago. Okay. In 2001, it was purchased. Those owners started making some changes and improvements, and then eventually Waverly Hills Historical Society did move in because they were very concerned with the preservation and restoration of waverly hill sanatorium and so they leased it i think it's for like 99 years so that they could really assume a lot of the expense mm-hmm. and try to do Fix fundraising and different things to really try to get it in an, in this great shape it's already improved a lot mm. yeah so before we talk about some of the more paranormal parts of it why don't we take a short break
1: all right And we are back. So, you're here uh, to spook me out. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm bracing, ready? Okay. I'm
0: bracing for impact. All right. Good. Okay. So how did Waverly Hills get this reputation for being one of, if not the, most haunted place in America? Well, first it started with the locals, right? We said mm-hmm. it was in disrepair. It was abandoned. And during that time, a lot of people were in the building, teens and mm-hmm. and different people who said things were happening. Mm-hmm. So they started spreading rumors. They said things about shadows shadow people, ghostly children. Just oh, these, just were they the these, black-eyed
1: kids? I told you about them recently. <laughs> you did tell me about oh, them. Oh, and the shadow people. I know those guys. mm Hat man. No. Well, so that started it. And then after
0: Charles and Tina Mattingly purchased the place in 2001, they began the restoration. And so all of these volunteers started coming in. Mm-hmm. And the owners and these volunteers started having some experiences themselves mm. that they talked about. So, for example... Some of the volunteers said that there were unexplained slamming doors, seeing a mysterious man in white who was drifting throughout the corridors. This is a big one. Timmy is famous. Are you ready? Okay,
1: exactly. okay. Candy, I can't. <laughs> you're gonna have to take a picture of my face this whole time listening to you. Oh my gosh, my eyes are watering again. Okay,
0: all right, are you ready? Timmy. Okay, what Timmy, did Timmy. Do <laughs> is this little boy. Okay, he's supposed to roam the hallways and he likes to play ball. No, and so different tour guides and volunteers and even people on tour say that they, they keep a ball on the floor by the way and they say that if you roll the no. ball down I'm
1: rolling it to you timmy a lot of
0: times no. it will come rolling nope. back nope. toward the group nope. and they say that's timmy
1: no timmy stay over there stay on your side stay on your <laughs> okay. side
0: So the body shoot is also supposed to be a place that has a lot of ghostly experiences. In a 2017 interview with the Courier-Journal, Tina Mattingly said that that's where you'll see a lot of orbs or Mm. balls of light Mm. and that they think a lot of spirits are there. And then, of course, as we've already mentioned, we have a lot of these shows that have come to Waverly Hills and they have put out what they call documentation, whether it's videos or pictures. I mean, you can find Mm -hmm. a lot of things online. Of all the above Mm -hmm. that are used as support that there are these paranormal things that are occurring in Waverly Hills. I believe it. So here are a few more examples. Room 502. That's an
1: area code for one of the phone numbers.
0: That is an area. That is
1: interesting. Interesting.
0: Well, that's supposed to be one of the most active rooms. So room 502, according to one source, was where the nurse's station was. And actually, this story is very widely known. I've heard from numerous sources. Supposedly, one nurse... And of course, this is a long time ago when becoming pregnant um, and and being unmarried was a very, very um, frowned upon taboo thing. Mm -hmm. And the story is that this nurse had become pregnant and that she decided to take her life and she hung herself and the patients found her body. So many people say that they have seen an apparition that appears to be wearing a nurse's uniform, either hanging from the ceiling or sometimes they'll see her walking along the corridor in that area. And even they'll see her sometimes in other areas, but they always, if it looks like a nurse, they'll always assume it's that one. It's her. Yeah, that it's her. Now, a different source said that same room 502 was also believed to have been a place where they put the TB patients who had some mental illnesses. That was in a 2010 Courier-Journal article. So they think that that could be another reason why there's so much activity there, not just because of this nurse and what happened with her. And this, oh, I'm going back to Timmy for just a second. Timmy! so sad. The tour guides say that he just hangs out looking for people to play with him. Oh, Timmy, not me. That's how they it. I love you, little
1: baby, but not me. You're not playing ball with me.
0: Now, I watched this short video from Destination Fear, which Uh is another group. Uh I think they're with the Travel Channel. Don't hold me to that, but they are a, it's a show that's out there. You can find it. Okay. And so in 2021, they went, they did an episode at Waverly, and they put out this YouTube video that's shorter. It's only about nine minutes. And it shows how their overnight stay was cut short because of something that happened. So I watched this. Yeah. Okay. Here's what happened in this nine minute little video clip on YouTube. They had decided they'd already been visiting the different areas. They had already experienced things because they referenced that one of their group members had been up on the fifth floor and whatever had happened has caused his nose to bleed. And so he was already mm-hmm. freaked out. Mm-hmm. And in in this video clip, they had decided that in order to really have the full paranormal experience, they all needed to separate. Mm-mm. And each one of them Mm-mm. was going to Mm-mm. spend the night nope. in a different area nope. alone. Nope. Because because I even said, Oh, they're not really alone. There's like a camera guy there. Mm-hmm. No. They, they turned, they took the camera and they just had it turned on them, focused Mm-mm. on them the whole time. They really were alone. Mm-mm. But they had walkie-talkie so they could talk to each other. So they drew, they put down the different locations on a piece of paper and they drew them out who was going to stay mm. where. And of course, the same fella who'd had the experience on the fifth floor with the bloody that. nose, he gets to spend the night in the fifth floor. Oh, no. One of them was in the body shoot. Nope. Okay. So. Nope, nope. Room type 502 better be off the table. So the guy who's on the fifth floor, we see his video where he's got the camera pointed at him and he's on his cot and he's talking about, I don't feel right. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, something feels wrong. My body feels strange. I, I just don't feel good. And as he's watching his camera, and you know how you turn the lens so you can see yeah. yourself? Yeah. All of a sudden. The viewfinder. He turns the viewfinder. View, thank you. The yeah. viewfinder. All of a sudden, he says, What was that? Mm-mm. What was that? Something happened. I think something just moved right behind me. He looks at it and he sees a figure that had moved in the doorway behind him. He calls all the other guys, and, and there's one lady in the group as well. So he, the, he calls his teammates and they all meet up and they look on a larger device at back at his footage now here's the interesting part Mm -hmm. all the comments i could not see it they're looking at it and they're all like oh it is there it is right there i can Mm -hmm. see it's like a figure that kind of like pokes out and then like steps back almost Mm -hmm. like they didn't realize they were being, you know, seen and they didn't want to be visible. Mm-hmm. And they had put this, again, this footage is on YouTube. I was reading, skimming through the comments, about half of us. Saw it and half didn't? About half saw and half didn't. Because, huh. because I was like, is, is everybody else seeing it? Because I can't. Okay. And I saw several people who said the same thing I did. And then a number who were like, what do you mean you can't see it? It's right there?
1: Interesting. It's like one of those um, things you look at and says, do you see an old man or a cow? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know those. I don't think a cow was the other choice. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: i got you though so we have that youtube clip that's out there that anybody can look at i did not have a chance to look this up but apparently in 2010 these two gentlemen from ghost adventures also captured an electronic voice phenomenon recording an evp Mm -hmm. and that's out there somewhere and In the Ghost Hunters episode that I told you I saw where the the team had gone back after all these years, that team leader, Grant, he kept talking about how when he had originally been there in 2007, he had seen a figure and tried to chase it. And supposedly this was on his original episode that I could not get to. And they did experience some things that they felt were paranormal, even within this 2020 episode. Like they were hearing things. They felt like they got a response from someone, some being mm-hmm. in the body shoot that didn't want them there. Mm-hmm. So like they left. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were things that happened in that episode that mm-hmm. were kind of creepy. Armchair psychologist. Okay, Ashley. So I think we've made it through all my notes. Okay. For our armchair. Okay. What are your thoughts about paranormal sightings or these people who – See shadow figures or balls that roll by themselves, you know, supposedly from a ghost, ghostly Timmy.
1: Well, I think it's I think it's real, which is why it spooks me out so badly. Okay, I do. I think I think. Well, sometimes I think people are faking it for the for the views or whatnot. Like the person you just mentioned, what was that? Maybe it was. Maybe he was just saying it. I don't know. I haven't seen the video. I I would probably watch the video to see Mm -hmm. if I saw something. I'm interested in that. But I had an experience back in 2010, 2011. Where I saw an orb In our In our backyard Really Yes really Myself and another friend Who I won't name Cause it's We were just We were here together And there was a group of us here at the house and we were in one of the rooms and we happened to look out the window and we both saw what we thought was a lantern. We Mm. thought somebody was on our property, you know, our farm property and was carrying a lantern because it was doing that bouncing up and down, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we send poor Brian out there. We're like, Hey, (laughs) there's somebody on the property. And my friend and I are up, we're at the window, like two little kids looking out the window, watching Brian look around out there. And he said he could not find anything out there. So there was no one walking out there, but we both distinctly saw a blue, thing bouncing up and down in the backyard and also there's an area on the farm that is distinctly colder than the rest of the farm mm. yeah we've taken walks and i won't walk i won't walk with him in the field back there anymore but we'll walk through that we used to walk through the field and you would walk through an area that dropped at least 10 degrees and then and there's no
0: what's the word no um physical no explanation, no meteorological like, explanation like there's a spring down there nope. or no. Nope. it just gets colder yeah mm.
1: yeah Hey, that's weird. it is weird and I mean that stuff just mm, I'm it, it excites me but also I'm like mm, no that's that's not something I want to I want to participate in but it does interest me and I do think that people should be allowed to tell their experiences and be believed mm-hmm. if they're not just saying it right you know for cloud or views or whatnot right. I think it's
0: fascinating. Kirk and I and the kids anytime we go to a new place, we always do a ghost tour because really? it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun. You get to learn the history. You get to hear I'd just be afraid stories. one of those things
1: would come home with me. Like, you stay at Waverly Hills. <laughs> You're not invited to my house. But- I'm fascinated by evidence. You mm-hmm. know,
0: I I've never experienced it. You know, I've mm-hmm. visited, I've done all the ghost tours, I've done, but it's never happened Waverly. to you, right? I've never myself experienced mm-hmm. something. So I am fascinated when I see something that feels like it's it could potentially be hard evidence. Mm-hmm. I I want to look at a video. I want to see a picture. Mm-hmm. I want to try to decide. Does that is it really mm-hmm. what what they I think feel we live like in? It it it, is or I think
1: we live in a supernatural world, but. And I like I said, it does excite me. Like there was one time where I went to the grocery store and I put my cart and it started rolling back at me. I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Bring it on little grocery cart because it was like an invisible force was rolling the cart back at me, Mm -hmm. not just down a hill or something, but it was on a flat surface and it came rolling back at me. So maybe that's what spooks me out. I'm like mm. leave me alone.
0: I think one of the creepiest experiences that I can that comes to mind right now anyway was we lived on ten acres of land when mm-hmm. I was growing up, and my mom for a time drove a school bus. Mm-hmm. And so she would park the school bus by our house because we had kind of like a gravel turnaround area. and mm-hmm. and you she could just kind of set it over there to the side. And there were several times within this, I want to say, maybe a 1 to 2 months period when one of us looked outside and the tail lights were on
1: mm. but
0: the only way the tail lights would come on is if somebody was stepping on the brake so a few times when that happened when it first happened my mom would go out there to see you know what's going on and she wouldn't find anyone on the bus she wouldn't see anything that would explain it the door would be closed and latched and mm-hmm. so couldn't we have na- been a short circuit in the electrical well but it but then it just stopped uh-huh. and it didn't happen anymore so surely I mean, uh, that's, that's what I would love to know. Is it some easy, simple little explanation? But it just felt weird.
1: Or are the dimensions overlapping? <laughs> probably. <Yeah. laughs> I'd say probably. That's yeah. my thoughts. Especially with like I talked about with the desk, touching that desk and then feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: almost like you could feel what was happening in that.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. It mm-hmm. always, it's so interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one of the other reasons that we love Halloween. It is. Yeah. Well, this was a fun way to.
1: It was. I don't know that I'm going to go with you to Waverly Hills, but <laughs> I will happily watch that video.
0: Awesome. Okay. All
1: right. Okay, Candy, who are we going to cheers today?
0: You know, Waverly Hills is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. So I think we should cheers the people who stepped up and took this building that was nearly condemned Mm -hmm. and and have renovated and are keeping this part of history alive Mm -hmm. and open for everybody to enjoy. So yeah, cheers to you guys who have stepped in and have been working on Waverly Hills. Thank you
1: for your work. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.
0: This episode of Scandal Water was executive produced by Candy Thomas, that's me, And Ashley Raymer Brown. That's me. It was researched and written by Candy Thomas and edited by Ashley Raymer Brown.
1: All music was written, composed, performed, and mixed by Josh Martin. The artwork was designed by Matt C. Adams. While our website was developed by Joshua Reith. If you like what you hear, and you want to help keep the Scandal Water brewing, please go to our website, scandalwaterpodcast.com. Just click on your podcatcher of choice, then hit follow to subscribe. And while you're there, you might as well leave us a five-star rating and review. And don't forget, it's always more fun when you share your tea with others. As a
0: reminder, this podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. The thoughts and opinions of the host during each episode of Scandal Water are their own, and do not reflect the opinions of any future guests,
1: Advertisers. Or, clearly, professional psychologists. Thanks for listening.